Galatians chapter 4 this evening, and we're going to be looking at verse number 4. Galatians 4 and verse number 4, and it says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. Back in the book of Matthew chapter 2, we read in verse number 1, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. That's a very important verse because it tells us that Herod was still alive when Jesus was born. And the historian Josephus, who was a a Jewish historian that lived many, 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 many years ago, he wrote about the life of Jesus and a lot of other things in the Bible, Uh, And Josephus states that there was an eclipse of the moon that occurred shortly before Herod's death. Now, an eclipse is, remember, when the moon moon and stuff lines up and the moon goes dark and kind of turns red around it. All right, so there's an eclipse of the moon, and they know exactly when it was. That was in March of 4 B.C. And Herod died shortly before. Uh, after that eclipse. Now, based on that, Jesus Christ could not have been born later than March or April of 4 B.C. Now, that seems strange to us that he was born 4 B.C. Why wasn't he born 0 B.C.? I don't know. Somebody that started the number and didn't do things right. But he was born 4 B.C., probably, or or before 4 or before B.C., so it might have been 5 B.C. And Dwight Pentecost, in his book, makes this comment. He says, although the exact date may not be, pin, uh, be pinpointed, it seems that there w- is relatively old tradition of midwinter birth. There, uh, therefore, the date in December or January is not in and of itself unlikely. Right? Some people say, no, he couldn't have been born in December 25th. Well, he could have. Could have been born in, December, in January. Some, some people believe he was born, this, I think it's the 6th of January. Other people think that maybe Jesus was born in April. That's a possibility too, but he very well could have been born in December. Now, God has not revealed to us the exact date when Christ was born. And it's probably a good thing. Uh, but we do know that the timing was perfect. And I've entitled the message tonight, The Time of Christ's Birth. And we're going to look at the time or timing of Christ's birth. And I want us to note that it was planned, that it was predicted, and that it was precise. It was planned and predicted and precise. First of all, the time of Christ's birth was planned. You know, God planned the birth of Christ before the world began. That is amazing. We read over in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, Who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. God knew before the world began that Jesus Christ was going to be born and that Jesus Christ was going to pay for our sins. Titus chapter 1 and verse number 2 says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. So God is revealing information to us that he knew all about this before the world began. In eternity past, God knew that humans would need a Savior and that 
he would need to pay the debt of their sin. And you know, that means that 6,000 years ago, over 6,000 years ago, God planned the birth of Christ. That's pretty significant. Over 6,000 years ago, God planned it. And God planned that Christ would be born. So, we see that it was planned before the world began. But also, God introduced his plan way back in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15 is the first reference to the birth of Christ. And that was right during the time when, when uh, Adam and Eve had sinned, and God was dealing with their sinful, uh, sinfulness and speaking to them about their, their guilt. And in Genesis 3.15 it says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and, he, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Alright, so it's talking about Satan. He was talking to Satan. He's saying, I'm gonna, uh, the, the seed of the woman would, would come along that would bruise his head, even though Satan would bruise his heel. Now, if you got hit very, very hard in the foot or in the head, which would you choose? It would be far better to get hit real hard in the foot. You might break your foot and it might be cripple you, but you get hit real hard in the head and that might be the end of you. Right? And so that's what this verse was talking about here, that Christ would bruise him in the head. Satan's, uh, he has lost his authority. He has lost his power. And we can have victory over Satan because of what Christ did for us. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 16 says, Now to Abraham and to his seed were the promises made. He saith not to seeds, as in many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. So Jesus Christ is the seed that would be provide the salvation for us. Now, we see also that the time of Christ's birth was predicted. Not only was it planned, but it was predicted. Jacob spoke of it way back in the book of Genesis when Jacob was talking to his sons just before he died. You know, I often get kind of puzzled at this. Jacob knew he was dying. He's an old man, laying on his bed, and he called the boys together and said, Boys, I'm going to die today. And, you know, we, when people get old today, they, they don't say, All right, come on together, family, I'm going to die today. They don't really know that. You know, sometimes they can predict, you know, Grandpa's getting really old and frail, and it may be today, so maybe come in and, you know, it might be today, but you might have to stay there for three days before he actually dies. But Jacob knew he was going to die. So anyway, Jacob calls his boys together, and all 12 of them, and he says, fellas, I want to give some predictions. And he's making some predictions about the boys. And one of the things he says in chapter 49 of Genesis, verse number 10, he says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, until unto him shall be the gathering of the people be. Now, two things that are important there. Shiloh refers to the Messiah. And so he says that the Messiah would come. And the word come there is a word that means to come to fill a void or an empty, uh, 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 by em- entering it. All right, so fill a void, to fill up a gap. And so he said that the Messiah is going to come and fill in a void, an emptiness that is there. He's going to meet a need there that we have. And so Jacob spoke of Christ's coming. Balaam. Balaam was an unusual prophet. I don't understand old Balaam. 
He's a funny guy to figure out because he doesn't act like he knows God. But yet at the same time, he talks to God. And God sent, you know, nobody else in the whole world that we know of ever talked to an animal and had the animal talk back to him. Balaam did. Balaam talked to his donkey and the donkey talked back to him. And yet God did these miracles in Balaam's life. And yet Balaam was not a very good guy. And he led the people of Israel astray and and did things that he shouldn't have done there. But in his prophecy, Balaam spoke of the Messiah. He said there in Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, he said, I shall see him, but now, uh, not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. All right, so he says, we'll see the Messiah, but not soon, uh, not right now. Uh, there shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter uh, uh, shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Seth. Now, he says there that there's going to be a star and a scepter. The star and the scepter referring to the Messiah. And he says, we won't see him right now, but it'll come. And so he predicts about this. And, you know, that's, that's not very clear, but there's some predictions there. Then Daniel. Daniel dates the time Christ would come. Daniel chapter 9, verse 25 and 26, we read there, And now, therefore, uh, know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore, to build the Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be uh, built again and the wall, even the, in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. Right, and he goes on and he talks about this. Now, this is complicated stuff. Right? But people that have, you know, figure out these, these details of the weeks. The weeks are weeks of years. And it all, you add them all up very carefully. And it, it comes to the time of Christ. Right at the time when Christ lived on this earth. Some people think that the dating that Daniel was talking about was the beginning of the, um, beginning of the building of the temple. On, which was decreed by Cyrus. Uh, but others say, no, it couldn't have been that. It must have been the, the command to rebuild the walls around, the, uh, around Jerusalem many years later. Uh, um, probably the second fits in a little bit better, but uh, both of them are possibilities. So there's more details there. So the time is predicted. All right? So not only was the time of Christ's birth planned, but it was predicted, but it was also very precise. And this is very interesting. When we look at this, back in our text here in Galatians chapter 4, it says, but when the fullness of time was come, the fullness of time, God says there's, there's time coming that it's going to be full. It's going to complete. It's the, time, it's the right time. It's the exact right time. And he said it's at the fullness of time. He also mentions that in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he... Um, might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and that are in earth, even in him. Christ was born precisely when God said the timing was fully ready. This is exactly the right time. And, you know, as you look at that, after 4,000 years from creation, you know, I've often wondered that. I want to ask God when we get to heaven about this. Why did God wait 4,000 years? I mean, Adam and Eve sinned. Why didn't God send the Redeemer in three or four years? Why wait 4,000 years? I don't know. 
But the fullness of time was come. God said, that's what I've planned. That's what I want. And maybe God was doing that to help people. You know, we, there's something that we've studied in the past and we'll be studying it again in the future uh, called dispensations. And each dispensation, God gave people information about what was right and what he expected of them to help them to see that they couldn't save themselves. And so the first dispensation, they failed with Adam and Eve. And then there was another dispensation, and they failed. And another dispensation, God gives them a little bit more information. They still failed. They kept failing, kept failing, until they got to the law, and they had all the law. So God said, this is all that I expect you to do. And nobody could do it. They still failed. And now we're in the dispensation of grace, where God says, all right, you can't do it. Christ died for you. Put your faith in me, and you can be saved. And people still don't want to do it. They still can't be saved themselves. We can't. We got to trust Christ, and people still don't want to do that. So perhaps that's the reason he waited for four thousand years to allow people to see that that they couldn't do it themselves. But he was born exactly on time. Luke chapter two and verse number one says, "And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed." In those days. The exact time when God wanted it. Luke chapter 2 and verse 11 says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So there's a specific day that he wanted it. You know, God gave Mary conception on the exact right time so that it would fit in perfectly with God's plan so that after nine months she would give birth to a baby on the exact day that God said, This is when I want it to happen this is exactly the timing I wanted. God had it all planned exactly, and it all meshed to fit into God's exact time, his precise time that he had. Now, I want to read a couple of quotations, kind of long ones, but they're very interesting. Herbert Lockyer, who wrote a book called All the Messianic Prophecies of the Bible, tells of Sir William Ramsey, an archaeologist and a Bible scholar. An archaeologist is somebody that digs around and finds things in the ground to prove historical evidence. And he said this, back in 1923, long before our time, 1923, he discovered at, uh, in Turkey a Roman temple inscription. All right? An inscription was something written. It was in a Roman temple inscription, uh, which states that the reign of Caesar Augustus, there was uh, three taxation uh, taxes collected during the reign of Caesar Augustus. The second was ordered four years before the birth of Christ. The third was several years after the birth of Christ. The second one was a taxation that the Jews didn't like. All right? He said that they, the proud Jews resented it. So they sent a commission to Rome to protest about it. And Quinarius the local governor of Syria did not have the authority to settle the problem. Further, those were the days of slow communication and slower travel. As the communication finally failed, the Jews had to submit to the enrollment of, and taxing. All right, now let's just picture for a minute what's happening. All right, so there was a, uh, Caesar says, all right, we're going to have a taxation. And the Jews said, hang on, now that's not fair. You can't do that. That's not right. And the Jews were under their authority, and they had to. So the Jews said, "Listen, hold off until we can send a commission to Rome and try to plead our case and try to 
find you know tell them why this isn't fair and the Jews did and it took forever to get over there and all the details it wasn't like today where you can move around quickly and so by the time they got over there and in, in, in the uh, in Rome they said no you don't have any choice you're gonna have to pay it and they came back to do it now that's where he leaves off and he says and by the time the official tax collectors had worked their uh, their way eastward town by town and after the time-consuming delays caused by the Jewish uh, protests, exactly enough delay was caused and all in the actual course of events so that when the enrollment was put in force in Judea, the exact time had come for Mary to give birth to her child, Jesus. All those delays, all those kind of things. What would happen if the Jews hadn't complained and the taxation would have came in earlier and Joseph and Mary would have gone down there six months earlier and did their taxation thing and went back home and Jesus would have been born in Nazareth. It would have messed it all up. God had it all planned and God knew about those taxations. He knew that the Jews would complain and he knew that it would take them a long time and God knew exactly when to have Mary have her baby. Exactly. Lockyer quotes another man named Dr. Meldu, and he said, Neither Mary nor Caesar nor the Roman tax collectors did the timing, nor were they in charge of the affairs. But God, who rules the world behind the scenes, had his hand on the wheel, and he literally moved the peoples of the world in the time uh, and timed everything to the very day so that Mary and Joseph got to Bethlehem in the nick of time that Jesus, the chosen Messiah, might be born in the right place designated by the infallible finger of prophecy. God did it all, just perfectly. God timed it all. And so God's precise time for Christ to be born was exactly the right time. You know, if Jesus had been born just a few years later, there would not have been a temple anymore. The temple was completely destroyed by the Romans in 70 A.D. Jesus was born in 4 B.C. So if 75 years later, if he would have been born, just 75 years later, and that seems like a long time to us, but it really isn't long in history, uh, then it would have been impossible because it wouldn't have fulfilled scriptures. There are several scriptures, and let me read three of them, that talk about the temple. Micah chapter 3 and verse number 1 says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. The Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. So the Lord's going to come to his temple. So there was no temple there. He couldn't do that. Haggai chapter 2 and verse 7 says, And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. All right now, that one there, the desire of all nations is speaking of Christ, the Messiah. And he said he would fill the house with glory. Speaking of the temple. The temple had to be there in order for that to happen. One last one, Zechariah 11, verse 13. And the Lord said unto me, cast it into the, uh, unto the potter, a goodly piece <clears throat> that uh, I was prized at, uh, of them, and I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. Once again, there had to be a temple there for that to happen. You know, these are just a few examples of the precise timing that was involved. And if Christ had not been born 
exactly in that time, things would not have worked out the way they would, and it wouldn't have fulfilled prophecy. So what I want us to see here tonight is that God's timing is always right. God's timing was planned. His timing was, was uh, not only planned, but it was predicted. And his time of birth was also very precise. It was exactly at the right time. And God knew all those details. You know, think of that. 6,000 years earlier when God planned that before the world began, God knew all those details would take place. He knew about the taxation. He knew about all the little delays. He knew about you know, the difficult travel from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. He knew about all how long it would take. And he knew that Mary would be tired and weary when she's that close to giving birth. And she'd have to go slow and it would take time. But it wasn't one day late. And the baby didn't come a day early. It was exactly on time. And though we don't know exactly what day that was. It might have been the 25th of December. might not have been. That really doesn't matter. But one thing we do know, it was on the exact date that God wanted. And that ought to be an encouragement to our faith and build up our faith and trusting Him. But you know, not only that, but I think it's also an encouragement to us that when the fullness of time has come, God's going to come again. We don't know when that is. It looks like it's getting close. It looks like Christ could come back very, very soon. But Exactly when the fullness of time has come, Christ is going to come back and take us to heaven. And that's why we need to be ready. And so, it, we know that that will never happen a moment early, and it won't be a second late. It will be right on time. Maybe tonight. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe next year. We don't know. But when it happens, it will be exactly on time as God planned it years and years ago.